2: Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett.
3: Gain of function means you take what is either a very harmless or not that dangerous virus. The COVID research has been the harmless bad viruses turned into virulent pandemic virus. And that's what they were doing back in 2015. They were making SARS-CoV. In North Carolina, we were already thinking that China, this thing came out of the Wuhan Institute, what the hell are the connections there, what's going on? And we discovered there are two Chinese researchers on the same study, co-authors of this paper, making what are potentially weapons of war
4: reduce stress and enhance your immune system. ESS-60 from C60 EVO. C60 is the carbon-60 molecule known to deliver more than 172 times the power of vitamin C. 172 times. ESS-60 is the purest form of C60, a known antiviral, antibacterial, and anti-inflammatory remedy that works. ESS-60 neutralizes free radicals from cell metabolization and external toxins to help minimize inflammation and maximize detoxification. Further, people report better sleep, more energy, and renewed mental clarity when they take our ESS-60 Organic Oil. To order your miracle molecule ESS-60, click on the C60 Evo link in the episode notes for this podcast or go to c60evo.com Richard-Serret. c 60 evocom richard serret e60evo.com slash Richard hyphen Serrett. Buy now and save 10% by using the coupon code EVRS at checkout. Again, use the coupon code EVRS at checkout.
2: Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption.
4: He and his wife, researcher Ginger Bregan, have uncovered some pretty startling documents that would appear to connect the dots between Dr. Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates and his Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovations, or CEPI. Klaus Schwab, the executive chairman of the World Economic Forum and the Communist Chinese Bioweapons Program. So I think you know what this is pointing towards. What you're about to hear over the course of the next two hours is not crazy. Tinfoil hat conspiracy nonsense. It is, I believe, conspiracy fact. Conspiracies are not just theories. Oftentimes, conspiracies are crimes, as we've talked about many times in the program. And that's what we are likely confronted with here. If what Dr. Peter Bregan and Ginger Bragan are presenting in their new book, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey, is true, What we have suffered through over the last year and a half is an unimaginable horrific crime. There is just no other way to sugarcoat this. Some of us have long suspected that we were being lied to from the outset, lied to by the politicians, the mainstream media, the World Health Organization, other international institutions. And when we talked about the fact that what made most sense was that the SARS-CoV-2 virus was created In the Wuhan China lab and escaped, or perhaps worse, was deliberately released, we were shouted down by the MSM. And now that scenario seems most likely. Now, tonight, you're going to hear about a series of documents that have been uncovered by my guest, Dr. Peter Bregan, and his wife that reveal just how deep this odious scheme goes. And the conclusions are pretty scary, difficult to process the takeaway as i see it is that communist china communist china has declared war against the west and they have legions of supporters in north america at all levels of government in the media in countless government agencies in academic institutions research facilities you name it and i've talked about this many of my guests have talked about this hinted at this suspected this now you're going to hear about the documents which drive these Stark points home. Dr. Peter Bregan is a Harvard-trained psychiatrist and former full-time consultant with NIMH. That's the National Institute of Mental Health. He's in private practice in Ithaca, New York. Dr. Bregan also acts as a medical expert in criminal malpractice and product liability legal cases. He's been involved in landmark cases on behalf of patients' rights in regard to antidepressants, antipsychotic drugs, and electroshock and lobotomy. His list of books include Talking Back to Prozac, Medication Madness, Brain Disabling Treatments in Psychiatry, Psychiatric Drug Withdrawal, Heart of Being Helpful, Empathy, and the Creation of a Healing Presence, Wow, I'm an American, Guilt, Shame, and Anxiety, Understanding and Overcoming Negative Emotions, and his latest, which I believe is out a little bit later this month and we will tell you more about how to get it and how to get a uh, updates. COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey, the website wearetheprey.com, wearetheprey.com. Dr. Peter Bregan, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? It's good to be with you again. So I'd like to begin sort of at the beginning because you are a Harvard-trained psychiatrist. You are a man of science. And what we're about to talk about tonight really gets into geopolitics and political subterfuge. How did this story, how did you begin to connect the dots, you and and your researcher wife, Ginger? I mean, this must have been a large pill for you to swallow.
3: Well, not as large as you might think, because we go back to, say, 1970s, and I conducted an international campaign to stop lobotomy and psychosurgery, that's psychiatric brain mutilation with scalpels and electrodes. And I was just shocked to see that the whole medical establishment and scientific establishment didn't want anyone claiming that basically uh, this psychiatric neurosurgical treatment on at Harvard and Brown and all over the country, you know, was, was simply brain mutilation and the only way it could work would be uh, by blunting the human for the rest of her life. So I was very surprised then. And then it just grew over the years. In about 1992, the publication of my book *Toxic Psychiatry*, I was asked to be the um, single scientific expert for all the combined lawsuits against Eli Lilly, who is the manufacturer of Prozac and. Prozac was the first real bombshell psychiatric drug, blockbusters, I called them from then on. And um, that was, it had, you know, it was on the cover of Newsweek. It was just enormously promoted drug by the big media. And there were about 150 lawsuits. I was the scientific expert, meaning that I'd go inside the drug company. And then I also went inside, you know, some of the FDA, interviewed some of the FDA people, spent a lot of time researching what was going on with Eli Lilly and this drug, and I was shocked at the corruption inside Eli Lilly. And I wrote a whole book about it with Ginger as my co-author, and that was uh, talking back to Prozac, and it was actually a bestseller. But the shock of leaders of Eli Lilly meeting with the FDA at 6 or 7 in the morning before any reporters would see them coming in and out of the building to discuss what to do about Reagan's accusations that Prozac was causing violence and suicide, psychosis, and the various many lawsuits we had. So that was very disillusioning. I had always assumed that controlled clinical trials were the, quote, gold standard, we used to say, and they were just the golden calf. They were so corruptly done. There were marketing tools, you know big money, big money doesn't subject itself to science when it's got a a product that plans to invest and make uh, hundreds of millions of dollars out of or even billions and that was very disillusioning, but I kind of had a little delusion of my own which didn't get shaken in fully until covid nineteen and that that little delusion of my own was. It's just this bad because my profession of psychiatry is fundamentally unscientific. So naturally, the drug companies have to make up diseases and make up treatments, and psychiatrists have to make up treatments and make up diagnoses. And I'm not talking about psychotherapy now. Psychiatrists don't do psychotherapy anymore. It doesn't make enough money. All they do is drugs and shock treatment and hospitalization. So I was still just a tad naive, but I was way ahead of, say, your average doctor, even very smart doctor, even smarter than me, doctor, working on COVID-19, because they hadn't seen the insides of the drug companies.
4: Right. In other words, Dr. Bragan, you uh, had come to terms with the fact that drug companies, in terms of the drugs that were were used for psychiatric purposes, and that branch of medicine had become Corrupted, but you weren't aware of the level of corruption that had spilled over into the other areas of medicine. Is that the idea?
3: that That was basically everywhere in the corporate world, really, as I got into things more and more. I had actually begun to look at vaccines shortly before COVID 19. So that was just by chance. I published my first paper on vaccines in January of 2020. So it was before COVID 19. And I would gotten interested in it because some people had told me that the vaccine manufacturers were even meaner and nastier and more suppressive than the psychiatric drug people. Now, they can also be the same people, and they often are. I mean, if you look at what goes on now with two of the biggest vaccines, Pfizer and J&J, those are drug companies, and I've been up against them. I was up against them in courts on uh, their psychiatric drugs. So they were reappearing on the scene, or I was
4: reappearing in their lives. Has this corruption or coercion filtered down to the various medical associations that represent doctors, uh, surgeons? Uh, it, it is, has it reached those levels as well? Because I mean, yes, my, I guess, my overall not. question is: Whatever happened to you know the first major uh, tenet of of health care, which is first, do no harm. Yeah, that's a faraway
3: story now. Um, uh, The health delivery systems, like in my my hometown here of Ithaca, New York, when I moved here 20 years ago, um, you know, we had private doctors that we went to. Now, every single one of them, literally every single one is a part of one single a health provider that's based out of the hospital, and um, and they're just not as they're not as good anymore. They're not as caring. They're not as friendly. They're more bureaucratic. They've got more rules, and they're, they're, they're clearly much less in touch the, uh, than they were 20 years ago when we got here. Um, so it's just happening all over the country in a whole variety of ways in the health system. But I don't want to get too far away from. this most amazing phenomenon of COVID-19. And maybe I'll jump ahead and and tell you how we finally got involved in it. Oh, I want to talk about the vaccines. I'm not an anti-vax at all. I haven't actually studied a lot of the vaccines. And in principle, I'm not against them. The the new so-called vaccines that are uh, put out by Moderna, Pfizer, AstraZeneca, and and J&J are not vaccines. And maybe we'll get a chance to go into that there. They're actually uh, genetic manipulations. They're uh, kind of transhumanism, transhumanism in operation. They're not vaccines, so any normal term. Because a vaccine is, is where you have a killed virus or a mostly killed virus or deactivated virus, and you inject that, and it's not rarely going to cause harm. But what struck me um, is just, that the the vaccine companies had had more privileges than the psychiatric than in their psychiatric work. They're often the same people. As I said, they they had their own vaccine courts. So you couldn't sue them. That was much more power and corruption than uh, in in the psychiatry field. I mean, literally, they they bought the government, the vaccine people, and said, "We're going to put out these vaccines. We don't want to get sued." Gee, why wouldn't they want to be sued? They're really afraid. They, they know they're going to cause a lot of harm. And they have a vaccine court that you have to go to, and you have to go up against the federal government, and it's very limited in what you can do with it. And then, uh, then I found out that the vaccines um, uh, for measles and mumps and all the other things, and those vaccines were not dou- double-blind, placebo-controlled studies. They, they, used, they, they got away with comparing one vaccine to another vaccine, which would cover up the common ailments caused by vaccines. So, I mean, it was really not good. But again, I certainly believe that vaccines have done a lot of wonderful things. They wiped out
4: polio, which was the scourge of my generation. No. Well, yeah, it's amazing that you can have taken all of the other vaccines and be okay with most of the other vaccines and 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 adhere to the vaccine schedule. But if you're against the COVID vaccine, suddenly now you're an anti-vaxxer. It's it's yes. remarkable how that happens. it's
3: such a bad vaccine, and we'll get into what this is all about. Uh, again, let's not call. I'd like to get out of the habit of calling them vaccines. But what got us started? We were very reluctant to get into this uh, COVID nineteen. I didn't realize how unique my skills are. I mean, how many doctors are there who've been in trial? I've been in trial over a hundred times. I've had hundreds of suits involving drugs and psychiatry and shock and lobotomy that I didn't even go to trial in. So it's a huge amount of experience with the corporations and how to evaluate them, how to evaluate doctors' behaviors and how unscrupulous some doctors can be. It's unique, and I didn't quite realize that, but... It's it's wonderfully been recognized by a lot of the really good doctors working in COVID-19 now. I mean, I've just got a whole group that I'm, I relate to or several groups that Ginger and I relate to. But the thing that turned me around was Ginger and I were thinking about and we said, look, you're called the conscience of psychiatry. You take on COVID-19 and 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 all these years of work, I've written over 20 books, four, four of them co-authored or co-edited with Ginger, I've written seventy or whatever scientific papers, you know, all that could go down the drain under another attack. Already been attacked plenty. And um and we were just waiting and, and then in March, you know, just a month or two into this thing, um, Ginger brings me a paper written in two thousand fifteen. And the paper's main author is a man named cherry or Menekeri, he's from he's from um down in uh, North Carolina, Chapel Hill. And uh, he actually, uh, the big man behind him puts his name on last on the papers. name is Barrett, B-A-R-R-I-C, Barrett. He's a very big guy in what is called gain-of-function research. Gain-of-function means you take what is either a very harmless or not that dangerous virus, all of it that I've been looking at with uh, covid the COVID research has been the harmless bad viruses. They're by and large pretty harmless. Harmless bad viruses turned into virulent pandemic viruses. And that's what they were doing back in 2015. They were making SARS-CoV. And they called them that. SARS-CoV pandemic viruses in North Carolina. And by then we knew that China was, uh, we were already thinking that China, this thing came out of the Wuhan Institute, what the hell are the connections there, what's going on? And we discovered there are two Chinese uh, researchers on the same study, co-authors of this paper, making what are potentially weapons of war. I mean, there's no doubt when you make virulent viruses in a lab, you're also doing, you know, biological warfare research. It's the same thing.
4: Right. So you take a naturally occurring uh, wild virus from bats, and then with this gain of function, you juice it up, make it more virulent, easier to study, and then you you infect upper respiratory human cells that have been Placed in mice, right? So you've got a, like a chimera. You've got a mice, a mouse with, with human upper respiratory cells in it. Is that the that idea?
3: Certainly, one of the things they do. That's right. we call them Franken mice. And they also will um, inject it into into mice who don't necessarily have the human receptors um, uh, placed in them. Sometimes they'll make those mice sick, but. They usually place a, you know, they use mice that have been genetically modified to have human receptors in them that will accept these, these deadly viruses. And they also test the human, uh, in this case, human epithelial cells themselves in a Petri dish. So you've got it live in the animals and you've got it in the, in the you know, in the in the lab, in the Petri dish.
4: Dr. Bregan, we're about to come in, go into a break here, uh, but just very quickly, at, at this point... W- when they, through gain of function, are they attaching a spike protein to the bat virus in order to sort of that's the key to insert into the lock of the human re- cell receptors?
3: Yes, they were, and they were getting some of the materials for that directly from the Wuhan Institute. They were exchanging all this. We helped build
4: SARS-CoV too. So Chapel Hill. Back in 2015, this paper demonstrates Chapel Hill in North Carolina is cooperating with the Wuhan virology lab. They are they are creating or they through gain of function a uh, a SARS-CoV type virus taken from bats placed in human cells. They've attached a spike protein. We'll pick up on that point when we come back. Dr. Peter Bregan, uh, co-author of COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey. Wearetheprey.com, the website. Back with more right after this.
1: This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer.
4: As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. Eighth Element from GetTheT.com. Eighth Element is a combination of cordyceps specifically formulated to provide optimum health, endurance, and maximum performance for today's active lifestyle. Eighth Element from GetTheTea.com is a proprietary energy enhancement blend made from all natural ingredients and made specifically to increase actual energy and athletic performance. This combination has been found to stimulate the immune system and increase physical stamina and endurance. Eighth Element from GetTheTea.com is the ultimate cordyceps combination, the only one of its kind. Five strains of Cordyceps are brought together from five different ecosystems to provide a superior performance edge, unlike any other performance product in the world. Build your stamina and increase your energy with Eighth Element from GetTheT.com. Use the code UNLIMITED and all your orders ship for free.
2: The truth goes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed, then it is violently opposed. Finally, it is accepted as self-evident. Let me just read that again. I don't know what that means? Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. I think we owe a great debt of gratitude
0: to science. Science has, in many ways, helped ease uh, the suffering of this pandemic, which was
1: more than likely caused by science. <laughs> <laughs> What, what, what do you mean by it? Do you mean like well, so perhaps this, this, there's a chance that this was created in a lab? There's an investigation. A
0: chance? Well, I, so, I, 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 oh, I, my God. There's evidence.
1: I'd love to hear it. There's
0: a novel respiratory coronavirus overtaking Wuhan, China. What do we do? Oh, you know we could ask? The Wuhan novel respiratory coronavirus lab. The disease is the same name as the lab. That's just that's just a little too weird, don't you think? And then the actual scientists—they're like, "How did this?" So wait a minute—you work at the Wuhan Respiratory Coronavirus Lab. How did this happen? And they're like, oh, "A pangolin kissed the a turtle."
4: There you go, John Stewart appearing on Steve Colbert's show. Yeah, now he comes out. It's it's safe for a comedian, Mr. Funny Man, to come out on a talk show and and uh, joke about it. Where were you uh, a year ago when some of us were talking about this? That that's what made most sense, that this virus either escaped or was allowed to escape or was made to escape from the uh, the Wuhan Virology Lab. All right, back to uh, my conversation with Dr. Peter Bragan, co-author of COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey. We are the prey.com is the website. We'll tell you how to get the book in a, uh, a little bit here. So we were talking about this document from 2015, Doctor Bragan, which showed uh, this gentleman from Chapel Hill, Menachery, working alongside uh, Barrick, and uh, also uh, two Chinese scientists. I'm guessing one of them was the uh, the Bat Lady, uh, Doctor Shi Li, and uh, as a collaborator, and perhaps even her superior. Is that right? That's exactly right. Yes,
3: two of the top people in the entire Chinese uh, hierarchy. And they're all gonna be very, very close to the uh, leaders of the Communist Party. Uh, Xing Li Xi is really a PR person for the Communist Party. In China, they, uh, and people really need to know this, there, there is nothing free there, No, nothing even close to independent institutions. It's all under the Communist Party and that got even tightened more just as we got tightened more under what's becoming our one-party, a progressive party system, it got even tighter under the Chinese Communist Party. And they have a, 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 a upfront policy called military-civil fusion. That means that the military is on top of anything in the civil world, civilian world, business, science, that has any remote interest to the well-being of the Chinese people, and to warfare. And then, worst of all, they—they are they, uh, most shocking of all. They have a policy of unrestricted warfare. They don't. They're not interested in trying to confront the United States, which has so much greater firepower than they do—overwhelmingly greater firepower. They want to undermine us in whatever way they can, and their, their standard of ethics, there's a whole book about it that came out of their military, their standard of ethics is it's ethical if it reaches its goal. And um, there was a lot, lot for them involved in uh, 2020, late to 2019 and 2020, because Donald Trump was the first president the first one, really, to stand up to China, just, just like Ronald Reagan was the first one to stand up to Russia. And got, he got, you know, uh, just attacked for talking about the evil empire and Star Wars and so on to defend us. I remember I was quite on the progressive area back in the Reagan area, and I thought, oh, so who is this crazy guy? That's um, before I really understood American history, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and a lot of other things, which I really eventually got deeply immersed in. So they have unrestricted warfare, and they were going to use it against Donald Trump one way, one way or another, because he was reversing history. History was that the Chinese Empire was extending itself without resistance
4: throughout the world.
3: Right. Well, no with the cooperation,
4: it was it was President Clinton that uh, welcomed China in and pushed for China's inclusion in the World Trade Organization. They got favored trade status. Uh, it was it was main. It was the Chamber of Commerce and and Wall Street that uh, uh, that, um, you know, moved thou- hundreds of thousands of manufacturing jobs out of the United States. It was a great deal for uh, the uh, I think they've been referred to as the China class, not necessarily uh, uh, um, Chinese-Americans, but um, American uh, uh, business people, people who have profited off of uh, this deal. We look deal, into like,
3: that in the yeah. book uh, a great deal. I went down and examined uh, about the top 20 U.S. billionaires, and with the possible exception of Larry Ellison, none of them are uh, – or their corporations – are patriotic. I mean, you can look at the Waltons and Walmart, but they don't run it anymore. And uh, the Walmart was building buildings, continue building buildings in Wuhan after all this began. So all the top billionaires, all the top tech companies, deeply involved in China, and this, uh, and they, uh, they don't love America. They don't love God. They don't love the flag. They don't love freedom. I read a lot of their remarks, watch their videos. You know, I can see Bill Gates talking about human freedom. I mean, it's the last thing he wants. Uh, those folks very definitely, and um, they want to control things. They want to control the world. They want to so- milk the world. And, um, and there's a direct link from all of that to what we were just discussing. Because as we looked into it and we started to hear more about Fauci, We were among the first to begin talking about the fact that Fauci was on Bill and Melinda Gates' foundation on its council advising on, guess what, vaccines. So this little council of five or six big globalist international people, uh, and there's there's Fauci, and so he is a close
4: ally going
3: years back of Bill Gates.
4: So this is SEPI you're talking about, the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovations.
3: Yeah, well, that, um, I, I can switch gears then and go back a ways again. So I was talking about 2015. Well, that actually turned out to be a pretty big year, although uh, we've tracked back um, Fauci funding of uh, gain of function, I think as far as 2008, or somewhere around in there. In 2015 was really their big moment. And, uh, of course, they were building these viruses, and, and it was clear they didn't have just one, And um, these SARS-CoV viruses. And they were exactly like SARS-CoV-2 too, in that they uh, attacked uh, older people and injured people, and immune compromised people, but they pretty much let children and young adults free. And there was another problem, which was that if you infected a mouse, you if you immunize, if you gave a mouse one of their vaccines that they were working on, and then you exposed them to the virus, they sometimes, especially anyone that was older, they got sick. They even died. They had such ghastly immune responses from having a double exposure, first to the virus and then to the. Um,
4: this is the psychotine storm they talk about.
3: Yes, that's exactly right. The
4: cytokine storm.
3: Exactly what it is. So, I mean, we're looking at all of this at once, and we started to realize, wait a minute, there's something really, really large going on here. And I have heard about Bill Gates, and I thought it was nonsense. And, you know, I mean, this big monster guy, he looks a little bit like a weird adolescent. although he's a grown man. Well, it turns out that he is quite something. Um, so Gates, going back to uh, probably, probably, you know, two thousand five, six, seven, is already thinking about buy- about vaccines. He'd like to make a killing on vaccines, and he believes that he can organize the world around vaccines. And that's basically what he did. And. In 2017, four or five different things happened. All of them coming, I believe, from working with Gates and, and, and uh, Krauss. Um, Klaus Schwab. And Schwab. Right, the World and, uh, From Davos. And I'll try to put them together for you. So in 2017, the... Uh, FDA announces that it's beefing up and improving its um, ability to mount great resources in the face of a potential coming uh, epidemic, and that becomes a very big deal. And um, they start talking about an, you know emergency procedures that are going to be done to fund drug companies, to uh, rush through platforms in 2015. Gates announces, and he announces this at Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum, people know it by the name of Davos in Switzerland, he announces that he's working with Pfizer in two or three different videos that were not very much watched. I mean, one of them was watched by twenty-five thousand people. I mean, his videos are usually a million, so the, tens of millions. So these things were not being um, pushed. And in one, he, he, he's talking about how they're building platforms with these uh, with these drug companies to rush through vaccines. How he expects cooperation from the federal government so they won't have to go through having having
4: to, uh, to actually get them fully approved. <laughs> so we were talking about uh, Bill Gates speaking at uh, Davos, talking about uh, uh, marshalling all of these resources to uh, prepare for the next coming pandemic. And uh, you, you uncovered some of these videos on YouTube that uh, were not widely watched, but he's talking with, um, I guess, some some confidants in in the mainstream media, some journalists. What is he telling them?
3: Well, he's basically describing Operation Warp Speed to them, which is just amazing. Um, He doesn't use those words, but he's describing it. He's also describing what he already knew about, which was the Emergency Use Authorization Act which was being tooled up that very year. There's, again, 2017, early in the year. The FDA puts out new regulations about it, new new Uh, emphasis on it. And what the EUA was going to do was exactly what Klaus Schwab was saying we need to do in the world, um, you know, with his concept of the Great Reset. And that is, he want, they were going to bring together philanthropic organizations, industry and government and all these things to save humanity. They were not going to go through democratic processes, no interest in liberty, there's no concern about collateral damage. It's all in 2017 already now a huge setup that we will see unveiled under Donald Trump as if Donald Trump, you know, worked this out with Fauci. No, it's just Fauci being the uh, henchman of not just, of course, Gates, but these big corporations, Moderna, Pfizer, AstraZeneca, J&J. And his two favorites are Moderna and Pfizer, and those are the first two. To get the rush approval, isn't that interesting? His two of his biggest investments,
4: favorites, are Moderna and Pfizer. So it's all set up really far in advance. So now- when when people say, "How did they get these vaccines so quickly?" and they rushed them through, and and uh, as you say, Operation Warp Speed, and there is some. Some of the vaccine hesitancy is based on this notion that, wow, the, these things just came out of nowhere. You're saying, wait a minute, no. The, the documents show, the, if, you, if you follow the trail here, the the, the virus uh, was likely created created sometime after, just after 2015, and then they had the vaccine almost, what, ready to go by 2017?
3: No, I don't think so. What they have ready to go then is all the huge billions of dollars of investment into much of it through this organization, SEPI. that Schwab, again, Schwab is a big deal here, though he's not a huge billionaire, Schwab and Bill Gates, um, creating at Davos, and they are working with a huge foundation. Um, out of Great Britain, that was also drug company funded. It's one of the largest foundations, welcome fund, that uh, the welcome trust that there is in the world. So it's all this money, that's what's coming together. In fact, they never can make a vaccine because what the research shows um, as they begin to do all this research, oh, and also 2017, Gates is talking about the DNA and RNA viruses, I mean, vaccines. He's talking about right. it. And then Johns Hopkins, 2017, was closely involved with this. And all these people closely attached to China, Johns Hopkins, the Harvard public health people, the Hopkins public health people, they're all attached to the billionaires, to Bill Gates, to Michael Bloomberg. They're all, they're all attached, very easy to track. I don't know why we're the first people to kind of put the whole thing together, it looks like. So... so it- can I they just circle back? A, they haven't got a vaccine because the problem is you can't make a good one, and uh, okay. one reason is that the coronaviruses notoriously mutate. They don't have what other groups of viruses have, which are called editing facilities. They just they just mutate all the time, and not not. not not toward virulence, because there's there's no, nothing to gain in nature by being virulent. There's nothing to gain in human beings by being virulent. If you want to survive, be the common cold. The virulence does not come out of nature. And that, just as a little aside. The there have been eight leaks that we know of now of um, SARS-CoV viruses going back. To 2003, when there was a, a, a much smaller epidemic, and the virus leaks, four of them were out of China, out of another facility in China. I'm not even sure we had uh, the, uh, the Wuhan Institute then. They were out of Beijing. They were out of one was out of uh, Taiwan. Another was out of. Um, Uh, another Far Eastern uh, labs in in a big city. So we've got eight leaks, and we can't find a single pathogenic pandemic coronavirus in nature. They have hunted and searched and hunted and searched. So we don't even know if the first one was out of nature, or out of Chinese
1: lab. It came out of southern China, the first pandemic. All right. Dr. Fauci, we don't know whether the pandemic started in a lab in Wuhan or evolved naturally, but we should want to know. Three million people have died from this pandemic, and that should cause us to explore all possibilities. Instead, government authorities, self-interested in continuing gain-of-function research, say there's nothing to see here. Gain-of-function research, as you know, is juicing up naturally-occurring animal viruses to infect humans. To arrive at the truth, the U.S. government should admit that the Wuhan Virology Institute was experimenting to enhance the coronavirus's ability to infect humans. For years, Dr. Ralph Barrick, a virologist in the U.S., has been collaborating with Dr. Shi Zengli of the Wuhan Virology Institute sharing his discoveries about how to create superviruses. This gain of function research has been funded by the NIH. The collaboration between the US and the Wuhan Virology Institute continues. Doctors Barrick and Shi worked together to insert bat virus spike protein into the backbone of the deadly SARS virus and then use this man-made supervirus to infect human airway cells. Think about that for a moment. The SARS virus had a 15% mortality. We're fighting a pandemic that has about a 1% mortality. Can you imagine if a SARS virus that's been juiced up and had viral proteins added to it, to the spike protein, if that were released accidentally? Dr. Fauci, do you still support funding of the NIH funding of the lab in Wuhan? Senator
0: Paul, with all due respect, you are entire, entirely and completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain of function research in the Wuhan Institute. Do they fund of Dr. Barrick? We do not fund. Do you fund gain- Dr. Barrick's gain of function research? D- Dr. Barrett does not doing gain of function research, and if it is, it's according to the guidelines, and it is being conducted in North Carolina. Not you don't think inserting in a
1: bat virus spike protein that he got from the Wuhan Institute into the SARS virus is gain-of-function? That you is would not... a the minority because at least 200 scientists have signed a statement from the Cambridge yeah. Working Group saying that it is gain-of-function.
0: Well, it is not. And if you look at the grant and you look at the uh, progress reports, it is not gain-of-function, despite the fact that people tweet that. Government scientists...
4: All right, there you go. That's an exchange between... Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky, and Dr. Anthony Fauci. So uh, based on your research, Dr. Bregan, I, I hope you were able to hear that clip. Was Dr. Fauci lying?
3: Oh, gosh. What did we say when we were kids? Liar, liar, pants on fire. Oh, my God. is this totally lying. He is so, totally lying. Is, and it's hard, but, but I know this about these people. You know, it's just always just sitting, listening to that replay. He's been functioning gain-of-function research. It's called gain-of-function in the research protocols. He calls it gain-of-function in one of his emails. It's clearly gain-of-function. And it's exactly the research that actually Obama, at the end, just at the very end, 2017 or so, before he moved out, that uh, he he on White House stationery said let's put a moratorium on that, and Fauci lied to him as well. Fauci went on with the premier gain of function research, which is that paper from 2015, and you've properly highlighted on this show out of North Carolina, and in collaboration with the Chinese, and he has also funded gain of function research not just that involved the US and China. He has funded Chinese Chinese people like the infamous Xi, Shangli Xi or She Shang Li. The Batman. Bat yes. He has funded Chinese researchers working in the Wuhan Institute in some cases without any Americans uh participating and w- and in one case, another whole ball of wax. Uh, Peter Dayzak, who is a place where where Fauci has been funding some of this uh, money through. Can we take a minute, though, and let me tell people a little bit about the book because they don't know. Your audience doesn't know at this moment that they, in in uh, five minutes, can have the manuscript of the book. So can I? Can I just talk? Yes, about please. That? Yes, and may- maybe even uh, at the end too. Well. When we started to to write the book, we began to feel like it was not right to withhold this information. So we did something no author has ever done before. So here's the deal. If you live in the United States, and, and don't get worried if you uh, uh, are in Europe and Canada, you get an even better deal in some ways. If you're in the United States, where we can actually mail books out, we can't mail books. We have to wait till we get up on other platforms where uh, you know, other uh, big-name places to that can mail things to Europe without it costing $35 or to Canada. But right now, if you're in the American audience, go to our dedicated website for the book. It's the same website for the rest of the world, and it's, co- and it's called We Are the Prey. So we wanted something easy to remember. That's the subtitle of the book, wearetheprey.com. And if you order the book in advance, you will instantly in your website get the latest version of the manuscript, which right now is pretty much the finished manuscript. We're in the very last stages of a little bit of copy editing. So you'll get the finished manuscript minus a little copy editing immediately and get all this information I'm talking about, and I mean all of it, documented. The manuscript is like 600 pages Of a PDF manuscript. It's got over a thousand citations in it. It's nicely written. And it's got three incredible introductions by the top treating physicians and organizers in the COVID 19 area. Uh, One of them uh, is Peter McCullough, who's a professor department head, kind of a guy, 600 publications. He's got right. a, Texas cardiolog- A&M University. a psychiatrist before this started. He was a cardi- cardiologist, Peter McCullough, uh, Vladimir Zevzelenko, and uh, Lee Vliet, uh, MD.
4: Zevzelenko uh, came up with the hydroxychloroquine zinc um, uh, yeah, protocol, Vladimir,
3: right? Vladimir Zevzelenko came up with the original treatment. Using zinc and using hydroxychloroquine and using other adjuncts, Peter McCullough did the two largest reviews on this, showing how effective it is. One of his reviews, I think, has 40 contributing physicians. Uh, Dr. Lee Velez and all these these are friends of mine now. We've made wonderful friends. She is the writer who created, along with Peter McCullough, the way to get uh, the treatment manual. And you can get that for for free. You'll find out how to do it in my book, but you can also get it for free um, by going to the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons website, Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, and you'll see this blue book. But all that is also in, in my book. Now, if you are outside the U.S. and you go to We Are the Prey, you you are going to just be able to get the manuscript for free, period. Because we can't mail you the book. We don't have that kind of of monopoly with the uh, arrangement with the uh, with the U.S. Post Office. But we will then get your name from that, and we'll we'll alert you when the book is alert is a, is is uh, able to be obtained um, easily in Canada and around the world. So all of your audience tonight. Everyone, by going to prey dot com, can get the manuscript, and you can All do right. the We've same thing through our website. We have a huge website, breggin dot com, b r e g g i n dot com. But I think you should go to the dedicated one for the book and and the manuscript. Make it easy for yourself. Wearetheprey right. dot
4: Prey, p r e y, p r e y, as in. Predator prey. We are the prey do the. If prey. you make a mistake
3: and misspell it, my wife has that covered. You'll still go to We Are. Brilliant.
4: The... Brilliant. Okay. Well, hour two with Dr. Peter Bregan awaits. Don't go away.
2: A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now.